Happy New Year's. Happy 2024. I'm here live at the Winter Classic. I'll talk about that and I'll talk some Ducks hockey on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for well over a decade, and today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. So I'm here in Seattle for the Winter Classic, and I'll talk more about that on the final segment of this show. But... We're going to kick off the new year of Locked on Ducks talking about the same old stuff that have been playing in the Ducks pretty much all year and all season long. And that is, I don't want to say defensive indifference, but there was definitely some lapses on the game on New Year's Eve against the Edmonton Oilers. Now, I did actually have to go back and watch this one. Obviously, New Year's Eve, I was busy. New Year's Day, I was out at t-mobile park pretty much all day just super super busy with everything and now that i'm finally sitting down i'm going to record one episode from here and then we'll be back with our regular episodes on thursday but ooh, that that was hard to watch and knowing it was hard to watch to begin with because i knew the score was bad and I knew that there was some bad lapses in the entire game. I didn't think it was that bad. John Gibson played okay for a good portion of the game. And then he just got worse and worse as the game went on, including that final goal where he just let it slip in. He probably wants that one back. But I guess my takeaway is just same stuff every year. I even got a DM saying, we're, we're ending 2023 the way we started it. No defense, giving up a lot of goals, and playing bad hockey. Well, yeah, I I know it's lava, rinse, repeat. Part of it is, where was the defense on some of these plays? Where was the back check on some of these plays? Because there were times where the back check just did not exist and these are not really problems that can be fixed i mean these are fundamental problems they can be fixed but on some plays it looks like there's maybe some things that cannot be fixed and i think that's going to be a problem for the ducks moving forward is there needs to be a bigger i guess I don't even know what I want to say about that, but they need to build back on some fundamentals. And this is part of having a group that has not played together. This is part of having a young-ish group. I mean, let's face it, the Ducks are still a very young team, and some of those players are still learning. Some of the rookies are still learning from their mistakes, especially in this one. Um, I spotted at least a couple, not a couple dozen, but there was a couple mistakes between the young players, the young defensemen, especially of the Ducks. Um, Min- Minty didn't have a great game. Jamie 
Gamey did not have a good game at all. Um, Drysdale, I thought, may have missed a couple of assignments here and there. This was definitely, I don't want to say definitely, but it was one of his worst games. And especially when you have a fast team like the Edmonton Oilers, where they are built on speed and they are built on just being relentless with their first, especially first three lines, they're very relentless and getting towards the puck, winning those puck battles. And Drysdale needs to not get lost in those kind of changes. So I would call this game a learning experience. That's what I'm going to call it. But it was just it was just bad all around, <laughs> folks. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, when you lose by that score, there, there's going to be some growing pains. And this is going to be like this for most of the season. Now, did I like the roster that went out? Not necessarily. I think Jackson Lacombe would have been fine in this game. But having Dreisel and Minty just look that not that bad, but they did not look good in this game. This this was a game that proves that the young guys are still learning. And they are missing a couple of key guys, too, by the way. Um, Lacombe didn't play. He was a scratch. This is the kind of game where they miss Leo Carlson. Even though Carlson is still learning, there's still some stuff missing. And they're also missing Troy Terry, by the way. You know, Troy Terry was out on this game. And they were kind of missing an offensive spark for a lot of this game. So I think once everyone is back, maybe that'll help marginally. But defense defense has got to put it together. They've got to look out for each other a little bit more. And maybe just focus on, you know, having... A four check, oh, well, a solid four check, which they did in the first period. They need to have a solid back check all game long. That was very evident in this game. All right, we're going to head to the first intermission. I'm going to talk about the last game. We'll get to that on the other side. Now, a brief word from Game Time, the Game Time app where you can get your last second tickets at low prices without any stress. I have used the Game Time app several times. I've used it for baseball games and I've gotten last minute tickets. They also have flash deals, zone deals, views from pretty much every seat in the stadium, arena, center, wherever it is you want to go. And they have a lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection job loss protection etc so if you want to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Let's talk about this stupid game between the Ducks and the Oilers on New Year's Eve night. Um, What more can I say? The Ducks just got blitzed. I mean, absolutely blitzed on this one. I'm going to go, you know, uh, beginning to end. First goal, okay, that... That, that was an okay goal 
you know, Ryan McLeod from Warren Fogle. That one was nice. Um, the first duck goal from Max Jones. So Max Jones was already starting to have a strong start to the game. He was starting to throw a couple of hits, throw a couple of checks. He was very, very active. He was especially active on the forecheck, but super active on the forecheck. And this is where I'm going to give my praise to Trevor Zegras. Zegras had a good first period. I will say that again. Zegras had actually, he had an excellent first period. He was getting opportunities. Z was super, super aggressive on that play, stealing the puck, passing it right behind him to Ryan Strom and a little, you know, Max Jones action off of a juicy rebound made it one-to-one. And that was the juiciest of rebounds that the Ducks were given on that one. So maybe that one could have been stopped. Maybe that one could have been saved. I wouldn't call it a gift goal, but I will say that Cal Pickard definitely helped the Ducks out on that one. So that tied things up at one goal apiece. And then everything fell apart after that. But I did love the aggressive play from Trevor Zegras on that one. So just thought I would give my kudos there. The Oilers' second goal. That's when the wheels began to fall off a little bit. But this was not Gibby's fault. This was not the Ducks' defense fault. Fault. Um, This was the ref. And this was a fluke play that happened you know, right away. Ducks receive the puck. They try to pass it behind John Gibson, but it winds up hitting the ref. And I sit there going, what? What just happened? I mean, I'll give it to Brock McGinn for settling the puck and looking the other way to try to make a good pass. That's fine. But the ref just got in the way right there. I'm not going to say anything bad about the refs in this one. I'm going to be good. Ref got in the way. The ref. Yeah. Nice assist from the ref on that one. Evander Kane gets the goal unassisted. That made it 2-1 to one Oilers. Second period, wheels really began to fall off, and it became the Warren Fogel show. He got an assist and two goals on that one. The Leon Dreisaitl goal. To make it three to one in the second period, that was off of a ridiculously tight angle. That was a ridiculous angle. I I like bad angle goals. I know there's a, a couple certain folks that work with the Ducks that they love. They love those kind of goals. Uh, hat tip to Steve Carroll on that one. I know, I know Steve Carroll loves those bad angle goals. And Drysaddle from almost the red line had very little room. But a nice pass, cross-ice pass from Darnell Nurse on that one. So that made it 3-1 to one Edmonton. And then Warren Fogle got not one, but two goals right after that. That's when the defense really began to fall apart. That's when the Oilers were starting to get more aggressive. They smelled blood on that one. So right away, 4-1, to one, then 5-1. to one. Warren Fogle with two goals right there. And that, that gave him four points on the night. And he wasn't done. <laughs> Now, third period, Frank Vetrano, all right, another, you know, kind of work hard, get a perfect pass from Alex Kalorn, get into the good spot, which he did, 5-2 Oilers. So Vetrano scores his 17th of the season. Then Zach Hyman scored, and I want to talk about that final goal 
to make it 7-2 Oilers. Now, at this point in the game, Gibby had given up five goals in two periods. And I was thinking maybe he might get pulled, but he did not. Zach Hyman scored the sixth goal for the Oilers. Not the best of goals to give up. But Gibby stayed in. Then it was 7-2 by that point, And you could even see a slight slump in the shoulders from John Gibson. I mean, he, he just knew. He knew that he was defeated. And that seventh one, he just had this look of disbelief, maybe even dejection. That was a softie. And he knows he should have had that goal. That was one of John Gibson's worst outings of the season. And that last goal especially, I mean, he just kind of let it slip right past him. And that's your final score, 7-2 to two in favor of the Oilers. Gibby. Gibby, man, that, that, was, that was a tough game for him. I think he wants the taser a little bit in that one because that last one I could see faulting John Gibson, but a couple of those other ones, you know, a bad bounce off the ref, but some of the other ones, it was a lack of defense. It was a lack of effective defense. Shots on goal, 39 to 30 in this game, by the way. And one of the full goal goals, that came at the tail end of a power play when it was the Ducks were just really discombobulated at the end of a penalty kill. They killed the penalty, but then one player went back to the neutral zone. So it was essentially a five on three at that point. Yeah, not good defense. Go back to the fundamentals of penalty killing and go back to the fundamentals of when you go back to full strength. Yeah, it was a tough one. It was a tough one to watch. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So... (laughs) What we're going to do is head to the second intermission, and I'll talk a little bit about my time here because, hey, it's, it's a big NHL event. It's worth talking about, right? Yeah, we'll get to that on the other side. Now, a brief word from FanDuel, that is, right? It is a brand new year. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, folks, gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. So we're going to talk about the Winter Classic for the last segment here. And I'm wearing my little Winter Classic beanie here. It is a little bit chilly in Seattle. It's only 44 degrees. Woo, a little chilly. And I have the heater off because that makes noise. This is the premier event of the National Hockey League. I mean, you could talk about the All-Star Game being a premier event, but... 
a couple of the last All-Star games have fell flat. And I can justifiably say this because talking to a couple of um, people that are in the league, just kind of by accident, um, talking with a couple of the vendors, they all said the same thing. Last year's All-Star game was kind kind of a bust by comparison. The crowds were not what they wanted. The crowds that came into Miami were not as big as they would have liked. So they would consider that kind of a bust. I think it'll be different this year in Toronto, but last year, it, it just wasn't it. So then we enter into the Winter Classic and Stadium Series. Stadium Series typically draws pretty solid crowds, and they do a little bit better than the All-Star Game. But the Winter Classic is a completely different beast because that is the one game, the one NHL game on the docket, and they usually have a pretty picturesque view, and the production, the production of it is usually very good. So, you know, hat tips to everyone that worked on the NHL side, everyone that worked on the Seattle Kraken side, and just everyone that I know that works with the Kraken do a fantastic job, by the way. So shout out to everyone that works with the Kraken. You know, I'll I'll just say it because I am employed technically, technically by the Kraken because I'm employed by the Coachella Valley Firebirds, but they all just did a bang up job. Especially with the production in the stadium, you had the speakers that were amplifying the sounds to the crowd. That was really cool. Um, the events, the events were fun too. You had the little fan fest just north of the Seahawks game. Now, I think the first night could have been a little bit better because they did it right after the Seahawks game and it just got crazy crowded. So that was a little bit strange to watch. But the event was really cool. You had the Stanley Cup, you had games, you had vendors. Uh, shout out to S. Preston, who had some awesome art, which I will show just really quickly. This really cool slab of art. I like it a lot. It's super cool, guys. So if you haven't checked out S. Preston, check him out at some point. And I got some other little goodies. But yeah, event side was really cool. The weather was perfect. It did not rain. It didn't snow. It was cold. It got down to a brisk 40 degrees at one point but you know it was it, it was perfect the air was a little bit dry the ice was in pretty good condition until the end of the game just because there was a slight breeze not too bad but it was very slight and you know just the accumulation of all the snow and it did thicken up a little bit so it slowed down the ice especially towards the end of the game but overall Another fantastic job and one of the better winter classics, according to people that have worked multiple events. And they said this was one to remember. And the game itself, 3 nothing, Seattle Kraken win. The home crowd went absolutely nuts in this one. It was loud. It was electric. It may not have felt that way on the TV side. But for those that were there, I mean, it was... At one point, it was just deafening in there. Especially when Joey Decord made save after save after save. Joey Decord, by the way, first ever Winter Classic shutout. 
a 35 save shutout at that. Joy Decord was unreal in this one. I mean, but I'm used to it. I mean, I saw Joy Decord have shutout after shutout in Coachella Valley last season. So we know he was ready for this one. I mean, he was pumped. He was psyched. It was an event to behold. And of course, you know, everyone here being Ducks fans. I know all the Ducks fans were happy because they loved seeing the downfall of the Vegas Golden Knights. Look, I know that there are certain rivalries with the Ducks. You know, the Ducks, you know, and the Kings. The Ducks and the Oilers somewhat. Um, and then there's Vegas. Yeah, Ducks fans do not like Vegas. I don't blame y'all for hating Vegas. So... This one just felt super satisfying. Seattle win because Seattle's a fun team. But watching Vegas go down like that, ah, chef's kiss. What a perfect winter classic. And also watching the local news, good for businesses too. A lot of street vendors, but also local restaurants were saying, yeah, when we had the MLB All-Star game, it felt kind of dead. But with the Winter Classic, it seemed like everybody descended upon Seattle to watch this event. It was super cool. Yeah, just definitely one to remember. And the NHL as a whole, I think, did a fantastic job with this one. So it it is the biggest story of the NHL right now, is the Winter Classic and how well it went down. So again, kudos to everyone on the NHL, but also especially kudos to everyone on the, on the Kraken side. Yep, all did a fantastic job. And also, got to give a shout out to everyone that I ran into or everyone that I met, either at the Winter Classic or the Fan Fest. Um, There's some of you that were like, oh yeah, like, we know who you are. So, (laughs) hey, really cool. Also, saw some Ducks fans there. So, shout out to the Ducks jerseys that I saw there. Saw a 25th anniversary jersey. Yeah, that's a good one. And also saw an OG Mighty Ducks jersey. Love, Always love seeing that. By the way, I didn't see any current Ducks jerseys. Just saying. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Going to go off and enjoy my extra day here in Seattle. So with that, I just want to say thank you all for watching. Thanks for listening. We will not have a show tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday when I get back home. Actually, I'll be back home on Wednesday night. And Ducks are playing Toronto. Ducks could win that one. They could. I mean, Edmonton was a hot team. Seattle's a hot team. Toronto's not. They could be Toronto. Possibly. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can follow me on X at StimpyJD. The show's X is at LO underscore Ducks. Or you could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated, and we'll see you in a couple days. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day wherever you are. Please remember to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together. <laughs>